Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's another week of NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Wes Johnson, Jason Bowen, and Cody Spears. We are. 15 days away from the NFL draft. Tonight we're going to talk about what happens to the Jets if they don't land Aaron Rodgers. What in the heck are their contingency plans? We're also going to do an extensive look at the running back class. There's oodles of names to choose from there if your team needs a running back. We're going to ask Wes Johnson about what to make of fantasy from some of these rookies. He said last week the wide receivers aren't totally salivating, or at least won't all go in the first round, the big four, if you will, big five. So what happens? What does that mean for fantasy? And then we'll talk about John Elway, not not working for the Broncos anymore, which is a little strange. First, however, betonline.ag is your number one source for all of your basketball information, stats, news, and analysis. Gets the latest, excuse me, get the latest odds, news, and information for everything March Madness and NBA this year. From the Final Four that is now in the rear view to the NBA playoffs, which begin Saturday or Sunday this weekend, Bet online is your sports information headquarters <clears throat> headquarters this season. If you love sports information, scores, news, and podcasts, you can find everything at Bet Online. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use the promo code BLEAV. Believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. It's the trend zone. We are here with the draft 15 days away. We'll hop right into it. Uh, Cody, I'm going to start with you. My question is this. Uh, we know we've talked ad nauseum about the Jets and the Packers and Rodgers in general. And that allegedly Adam Schefter tweeted today that they don't really talk about it anymore. It's been two weeks. <laughs> they don't, they're not even thinking about it. Of course they don't. Yeah. And it's like, Jeez. oh, okay. So we're just, we're going to hang out until the very last minute to do this because presumably both teams need to know who their quarterback is, what their offense is before a draft. I guess maybe they don't. They could just take a stab at things. It'd be very weird. Uh, but yeah, we are going on. My goodness. I don't know. Three months worth of this since the Packers lost that week 18 game. Uh, so I'm going to ask you because this trade cannot consummate. It seems like we're going to have to wait until the night of the draft or day, day two of the draft. What would the Jets contingency plan, sir, be if Rogers says, you know what, I'm retiring or, hey, I'm going back to Green Bay? Man, that would be wild if this trade didn't go down. I'm over here racking my brain. I don't know what their contingency plan would be. They would have to be looking into Lamar Jackson at that point. And the fact that they don't really have a contingency plan or or a plan B right now is exactly why this is taking so long. Both of these teams are just sitting here just waiting each other out waiting for one of the bodies to fall and that that i don't know it's typical jets to bungle this and typical packers that move slowly on this uh i think the jets are just gonna end up having to give up um leverage probably after the draft once the draft happens i think that's gonna be the last of their leverage to where the packers are gonna look them in the face and say hey make a move for lamar trade for another qb or just pay up a difference from a third to a second. and um, But I do imagine after the draft, the price would rise a lot, maybe even as much as like a 2024 first rounder um, <laughs> after all, which is what they're trying for this year. Uh, this year is first rounder. But um, so yeah, maybe, see, I don't know. Go ahead. I was just going to say, man, I got to chime in here quick. I don't think it's typical Jets or freaking Packers. I think it's Rodgers cowering behind the scenes going to the Packers and saying, Hey man, dude, I really, I really messed this one up. We need to figure out a way that we can make it look good. So I can come back here next year. I think that's what it is. Rogers all talk. What a loser. I don't know that they have a spot for him. Cause the, the first, I mean, they, they basically have said that they're ready to move on. I guess God, I know that that's what I'm saying. He yeah. cowered it. He, he's, he went back to the whole brass, whoever he needed to think he needed to go back to with his tail between his legs. And he's trying to do whatever he can to get back there. I think that's really what's going on right now. And I think he looks, I, I mean, honestly, it has to be him. Man. I think Jordan loves them to be pretty good though. If Packers do that, that's a huge mistake, huge mistake. Oh. You already saw, 
he had him by the nuts this whole past year and oh, yeah. what he did to him this summer just to do it again. Oh, the Packers own oh, wow. Rodgers right now, and that's the beauty of it. I think. Wes, the, the weird part is I, I want to say, has this been going on about six weeks that we've all it's longer, six weeks and longer, but we've known about the trade and everybody wants to do it. And they're stuck on exactly what we debated uh, as a group here on the mm-hmm. show about whether or not it'd be a first rounder or not. The free agent op- options are severely underwhelming. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph, Flacco. That's about it. Um, yeah, and, then, stood quarterback. and you're down to a trade for Lamar or just hoping this Rodgers thing pans out. If if Rodgers doesn't pan out, retires or does something funky about going back to Green Bay. Wes, what do the Jets do? Um, I think maybe they entertain bringing back Flacco um, as a, a, a backup and they roll with Wilson. I mean, at, at that point, um, uh, I think that's really what they yeah. have to do. Um, they invested in Wilson. Um, he obviously needs a little bit more maturing um, to see if he might be the guy, but uh in this case they would have to you know put them out there and and see what they have it, it would suck for uh robert sala because yeah uh, I, I think he's a good coach but it's just it's setting him up for failure uh, i saw a report from yahoo sports that uh the packers asking price is a a second round pick this year and a 24 first rounder uh the the first rounder being uh, guaranteed, so no, uh, no options on on that pick at all, which I think is way too much for a quarterback that might only play one year. Yeah, speaking of that, I wonder if maybe both parties from Tennessee and New York would be interested in a Ryan Tannehill exchange. I feel like that could get done for way cheaper, fourth or fifth, yeah. and the Titans have shown signs of potentially wanting to turn over a new leaf and um, start kicking start getting rid of some of this dead cap and some of these business decisions they've been making the past five years with their new general manager from the 49ers. So uh, that'd be pretty interesting. I've heard things about maybe the Titans trading for Trey Lance and then Ryan Tannehill could really become available. (laughs) It really puts uh, Robert Salah Saleh in a weird spot because he's got to win. Um, at some point he's got to start winning games. Um, if they said, yeah, we're rolling with Zach again, or we're doing Flacco, I think he'd have to go to Joe Douglas's office and be like, do not fire me at the end of this yeah. year, because we're probably <laughs> going to be six and 11. And I, you told me we were getting Rogers and yeah, that's, that's the weird part of this. And did he, in, or did he inherit Wilson or was he there for that draft? They picked him. Okay. They, they picked, picked him. him. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, but I believe Joe Douglas might have not picked him. Uh, I, if I recall correctly, the Jets did some weird change out uh, GMs after the draft type thing. Yeah, the uh, the other thing is if they just decide to, oh, well, we'll recommit it to Wilson, say all the nice things, then they'd probably enter the Caleb Williams sweepstakes because unless Wilson is suddenly good, which would be music to their ears, then they're going to have a ceiling of 5 and a, five and 12, 6 and 11, and that'll be a top five pick. And with this allegedly glorious quarterback draft class that's on the way, that might be something to look at. But I, again, I don't think Saleh Salah has time for that. Uh, Jason, do you have any other contingency plan? You think they would they'd tra- pay the price for Lamar, pick up the phone to the Vikings to get Kirko? Well, I, I mean, gosh, I, you know, this, this situation, you know, it's like, it's not like, was it always... I'm just backtracking, let's just say, to midseason, right? When the Jets had no idea or inkling that Aaron Rodgers was even a possibility. It's like, is it, you know, has it been their motive right now to say, well, if we don't get Rodgers, then we have to pivot to plan B, which is Lamar Jackson? Doesn't make any sense to me, really. It, it reminds me so much of Denver last year. Well, we didn't get Rodgers. Now let's pivot to Russell Wilson. When I don't know, we all see now that worked out with Hackett. But I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I agree with Wes. I mean, you might as well give Zach Wilson one more year. Why not? I mean, he you do have a lot vested in him. He, there, I, 
I mean, at one point in time, he was supposed to be good. You bring in Flacco. I mean, yeah, I just roll it back. I mean, they there was a time last year where they were eight and two. I mean, in spite of those guys, mind yeah. you. But but still, I mean, you know, those young quarterbacks, you know, there was a time in, in NFL where you'd give those guys three to four years, regardless of what they looked like. I mean, and you've seen it in the most, most recent past with Jameis Winston, Marks Mariota. I mean, they, they got to play out their full rookie deals for better or for worse. Um, you might as well do that. I mean, I wouldn't pivot to Lamar Jackson. I wonder if they now, you know, if they need a contingency plan, I wonder if they would have wish they would have held on to Mike White, who went to the Dolphins to be Tua's backup. Is, Teddy's still out there, though, too, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he, yeah, Teddy. And he was a Jet for what, a month? Yeah. Last mm-hmm. I saw, he was maybe going to be a Lion. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he. I think he met with the Lions or was going to meet with the Lions. And yeah, he would be. I mean, that's another one to hopefully Jason can tell you all about it. Get your season to about seven and ten, maybe like um, a drink of some flat soda right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and two, I can't see you mentioned Kirk Cousins in there. I mean, I don't I, I don't know what I, I see Kirk in San Francisco if anywhere. Yeah, the thing, the only reason I pour cold water on Kirk and San Francisco via trade is they can just sign him next March. And yeah, Shanahan, well, yeah, Shanahan will get what he wants all along, won't have to give up a first or second or whatever his price would be. Um, I guess in theory, if they wanted to win now, they could they could get Kirk and then the Vikings could go with Lance. Um, but I'm I'm because Kirk is scheduled to hit the open market, I think the 49ers are they actually have a perfect scenario where they can see how Lance and Purdy go next year. We already know they're gonna be good no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah. And then if they can't get it done once again, then they can just go get Kirk for 35 million for two years or 70 million altogether, of course. And I think they're in a spot. For the Vikings' sake, if the Jets got totally jammed up and were out of the Rogers sweepstakes, uh, they could probably They'd be they'd be really they'd be in trouble at the point. So I don't know if the Vikings could squeeze a first out of them. Uh, then they could take their first and that Jets first and flip it up the draft board to get Anthony Richardson if he fell to uh, seven, eight, nine, or ten. And that's all we we just have no way of knowing if the Vikings front office is ready right now to start an era with a rookie quarterback. It seems like they want to contend one more year with Cousins, but without extending more years onto his contract, it's all a guessing game. Well, and how, how would that work? And I know we talked about it a few shows ago, but how would that work then if the if the Packers and the Jets close the deal, forget the draft picks for just a second, and 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 it's just Rodgers and his contract? Who do do the Jets assume that contract then? Or is it the Packers having to pay um, a percentage of that contract and could it be the reason for the holdup is that they're trying to offload some of that for the jets to pick up and if the jets do pick up that say that is a that is happening and the jets say okay we'll we'll take on this of that contract will that dead cap evaporate then and and go elsewhere since the the jets say okay yeah we'll do that I'm under the impression that the dead cap is not something you can just have the other team take um, because right. dead cap is maneuvered into a contract by the CBA so that players aren't just yeah. traded. Like so that's a like, permanent structure. That yeah, like baseball cards. Yeah. So it, the Packers so it, are Packers are set up to eat a, a lot of dead cap no matter what, but it's their own goddamn fault. Uh, it is. They gave Rogers this semi long term deal last year and now they don't like him anymore. And so in terms of their planning, <laughs> That's their yeah, fault. idiots. Idiots. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know why to this day a guy who's going to be forty in December, they gave that big of a guaranteed contract. Um, it was like the ultimate show of respect, and here we are, less than a year later, and they're trying to get out of it. It's almost like <laughs> kind of what I foresee happening with Kyler Murray in a couple years if uh, Austin Fort gets sick of that that little roller coaster. Um, yeah. do you, Wes, do you have a different opinion about the dead cap part because? Uh, I'm pretty sure no. that a lot of it stays glued to the Packers books. That's Even correct. if the Jets said, okay, we'll take on the entire contract. I don't think they it can. Did. Yeah, they yeah. can't do they can't do that either. The Packers are tied to this guy financially and dead cap wise because of their stupid decision that they made. Basically, 
So good for them. They they deserve to be because to your uh, every point that you just made. Mm-hmm. Wes, what did I miss in that little cap? Because when you pull up his his dead cap, it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> what right is now, it? <laughs> right now, it's ninety nine million. Jeez. Yeah. And so, <laughs> what's the total? What's I, I, the total for the team? Two hundred twenty. So they can <laughs> spread it out, can't they? Yeah, they can spread it out, and I, I'm guessing that's what they would do over the next three or four years. So they basically, I mean, it's not good no matter how you dice it, but they're uh, they'll have. Jordan Love for cheap for what two more years or relatively cheap before he needs a big deal, and then 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 they're just going to have to be slim for a couple years mm-hmm. before they get out from underneath it. But yeah, there's no there's no way um, that I know of where a team could be like, yeah, give us all the dead cap. I don't think that that's allowed. Yeah, and then and, and there's is there a year limit then on how far down down the road you can spread that hit. Like, I mean, because if not, then you just spread it over 20 years. Yeah, no, it's with the Bobby context Bonilla. of the deal. The context mm-hmm. of the deal. So it, it two years. What, what, what was his deal? Three year? Two year? Three year? Uh, I thought it was an old. I thought that <laughs> for some reason, I thought Rogers was only on a two year deal. No, it was. Hold on. I got to pull it up. So Rogers cap hit. Uh, it wouldn't be that bad. I think it's like fifteen million for his cap hit, but his actual dead cap hit. Um, I don't know if they can spread that out per se. Like in the NBA, uh, you can essentially cancel a contract and spread that out. You can either take the hit for well, a year, spread it over. Uh, I think three three years. Um, but I I believe the dead cap hit goes on the books for that year's cap and it's just money that you can't use um the eagles were in that situation last year with uh carson wentz at somewhere around 30 something plus million mm-hmm. um oh, the, so, the eagles were still paying the price for that deal <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh boy same with the falcons and matt ryan oh geez yeah yeah that, they those paid are the- like 20 something just to get him off the team yeah, those are the ones sometimes, unless you're immersed in that local fan base or media market, you don't hear about because um, it's just the cost of biz- doing business to get rid of the guy and start yeah. over. And that's yeah. what the Rod- that's what the Packers will have to do. And it'll it'll be a little bit more known because it's Rodgers. Uh, before yeah. last season, he signed three years, $151 million. Okay, so they, uh, they, they can spread it out, I guess, over two years. Uh, a pre-June first trade would result in a dead cap hit of more than $40 million. Um, if they trade him after June 1st, the Packers would save a sizable amount, uh, off the cap and could reduce their dead cap hit as well as spread it out over the next two years. Um, let's see dead cap. They would say what we're waiting on. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be like 25 million, um, that would hit in 2024. Wow, so he might not get traded for another month and a half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing also that I've learned from from the Kirk Cousins one is if the guy leaves in free agency, then all that dead cap is sped up to the year that he leaves. So he's still, the Vikings were on the hook for $28.5 million after 2023, and that can't be just pushed off into you know next three years. That will come off next year's books so as soon as he's not on the team via free agency. All and right. So well, in, that, that, mm-hmm. in that sense, it would make sense to pursue a rookie quarterback instead of paying a veteran, because at that point of the day, you're paying the veteran plus what Kirk was making. You might as well just be paying Kirk. Yeah, that's the I think that was the if you believe that the Vikings are planning their exit ramp right now, it's that on the books next year, his dead cap will be twenty eight point five. And the rookie guy, depending on which round he comes from, will basically be like paying a pretty mm-hmm. a franchise quarterback for one year. And then you get three yeah. to four years of the kind of like, kind of like Jordan Love and the Packers. They're going to have a decision on a contract for him, and even if they do sign him or don't sign him, they're essentially paying a shadow Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sign Jordan Love to a new deal, you basically got a QB one and a QB one and a half. That's mm-hmm. not even on the roster. Yeah, yep. and they they have to I think decide by May something on his fifth year option, which they'll presumably do because that'll be like twenty million or something. Because he's a first-round quarterback. Woof. 
All right, this is your time, Cody. Uh, what did you would you dig into running backs? Yep. All right, so I want your top seven or so. You, you can choose how many you want to outline. You tell us who they are and why they why they are the way they are. Sweet. And West, feel free to chime in on any of your favorites. So it's not just me giving away all my dirty secrets. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be jotting them down. <laughs> all right. So first, you got to have Bijan Robinson. He's a one hundred and one, essentially in all formats. Doesn't matter what form of fantasy football you play. This is the next Saquon, the next Adrian Peterson. You name it, generational size, speed combo, only 21 years old, should go in the first round. Elite pass catcher, good pass blocker. This guy can accelerate and cut without losing any speed, just like Tyreek Hill. Not only does he know the full running back route tree, he knows the full slot receiver route tree. This guy is the ultimate weapon and really is going to put to test the new don't draft a running back in the first round. Well, we're going to see if Bijan doesn't go in the first this year, there might not ever be another running back that goes in the first. That's a really this is about point. as good as it gets at the top of the draft. Um, my number two consensus, it's usually Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, but for me, it's going to be Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. I kind of have a thing for running backs where they need to be 205 pounds at least. Uh, my thing is if you're going to get the ball from the two-yard line or not, you got to get those opportunities. So Zach Charbonnet, he's six foot. 214 at this pro day, he weighed in at 222, still ran a 4540. He's above average in all metrics across the board, aka no weakness, Mr. Three Downs. Uh, fantastic contact balance and a fun stat of his. He, he, a big thing with him, a lot of people say he gets caught from behind. Yeah, well, he still doubles up. He might not be hitting those home runs, but 22% of his carries went for 10 plus yards. This guy. He's not going to be ripping off those 50 yarders, but give him five carries. He can get you 50 yards, 40 yards, 60 yards. No problem. Not worried about that at all. And I expect him to go in round two. Number three, we got Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. He's everybody's favorite running back outside of Bijan this year. And my biggest thing is with him, he's 199 pounds. This guy still runs like a 4-3-6-40. You can see it on film. He instantly accelerates blink of an eye one step he's gone this guy <laughs> weaves like water over rocks he tries to pass pro but he cannot absorb a pass rusher so the, he's gonna have to go to the right fit if he goes to a team like the cowboys with tony pollard it's not gonna be the right situation if he goes to a team like the chiefs he could be 102 in rookie drafts people would go nuts over that he'd be perfect as long as he gets somewhere where they use him as a weapon, he's kind of like, if you were to look at Zach Charbonnet and Jameer Gibbs, it's kind of like a sword and a shield. Jameer Gibbs, you're, you're going for a kill. Uh, fun fact with him, he lined up as a wide receiver on 26% of passing downs, but the bad thing, he only has two touchdowns on goal to go plays in four <laughs> years. Holy two crap. touchdowns on goal to go. Mm -hmm. And that's with one of them is with Alabama. Another one's with Georgia Tech, who loves to run the ball. And this guy's literally showing people he can't handle a big workload. People don't care. Everybody's saying 199 pounds. It's a new NFL. I'll believe it when I see it. Christian McCaffrey was the second lightest running back last year at 208 pounds. Doubt it. Uh, so that's my tier break. And then this next tier, you could really change any of these three running backs based on their draft capital and their landing spot. Um, number four is going to be kind of crazy. You won't normally see him this high, but Roshan Johnson, this is B. John Robinson's backup. This guy's six foot, 225, former quarterback turned running back. Not only that, he's a team guy. They asked him, he committed to UT, and they asked him to change his position immediately due to uh, injury. And he's changed a running back, looked pretty good. Then they brought in Bijan, and the guy didn't transfer. He stayed. He's a workout <laughs> warrior, plays special teams, does pass blocking. This is the best blocker in the whole running back class. He could even play fullback. Um, he has enough juice to get around the corner. I mean, if this guy would have transferred out to any of these other running back schools, we're talking about another potential first-round pick. The only reason why he's not getting as much hype is because he was the running back too. But, I mean – be John Robinson. You're not going to outplay that guy. And the fact that this guy still got like 2000 yards behind that man <laughs> over the past three years, that's nuts. Um, and then also he has speed for 225 pounds. 
this offseason, he's packed on five more pounds of muscle, continue to get faster, hit 23 miles per hour on the GPS, which makes him <laughs> one of the fastest players on the roster. You want a freak? This guy made Bruce Feldman's freak list. That's, and that's Roshan Johnson. I expect him to go in round two and surprise a lot of people. Uh, uh, up next, I got Kendra Miller, number five from TCU. Another big back, 218. He plays... He tries to play bigger than he actually is. He's going to go over here, try to bowl over a defensive end and just get smashed. But the fact is, you love that he will duck his head down and do that. Try to do that to anybody. And he runs a 4-4-40 at 218 pounds, 20 years old. I'm all over it. This guy welcomes tacklers like an ox, but he really needs to run behind his pads a little more. Reminds me a lot of Kenneth Walker from last year. Catching the football for Kendra Miller is just a little weird. I mean, it, he catches a football like it's literally like a hot potato. One of his years, he had negative receiving yards. That's really his biggest knock on his profile. If, if he can catch, he's going to work out great, and teams are going to fall in love with this guy. Uh, number six, and then I got two more after this. Number six in the last of this tier three is Tank Bigsby from Auburn, 5'11", 215. Really bad situation in Auburn where the offensive line was god-awful, and it shows in the tape. This is a running back who does not trust his blockers and can sporadically get caught in the moment when he loses his lane. If he just adds some more awareness to Tank Bigsby, he could be one of the best backs of this class. The best thing with Tank Bigsby is that all of his issues on his profile can be coached. There's nothing saying, well, he just don't have it in his DNA. He has everything you need to be a good back at the next level. If he goes round three or higher, he's going to be big. Um, then that's my tier break. Tier four, I have my personal favorite of the class, Sean Tucker from Syracuse, 5'9", 207 pounds. This guy is built like a bag of bricks. He can go anywhere from round three to round five. He's a compact track star, one of the best accelerations and speed in the class. The biggest knock on Sean Tucker is that he didn't come uh, participate in the pro or in the combine because of a medical excuse. And then the pro day was a week after, maybe not even a week after. And so he obviously couldn't participate in that either. Well, he drops his own pro day video with like laser equipment and everything like that. And does all of his own testing on video. And these numbers are outstanding. I mean, I'm talking top three in the class across the board. Which kind of hurt him a little because everybody's like, that's kind of sus. You're going to release <laughs> your own pro day video and all your <laughs> metrics are obnoxiously great, you know. But if you were to actually apply his metrics and not just assume he's a liar and, and you know, was shady or whatever, this guy for sure can be up here with the guys above him. Uh, and, and but the main thing with Sean Tucker is he's team specific. He needs to be in a zone run scheme to where he could just stay, take a step and go, like, say, the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Vikings. If he goes to any of those teams, he could be as high as four above Roshan Johnson for me. This is a locker room leader, uh, and he's a, hands, he's a hands catcher, but he does drop. main thing you want with a running back is that they don't body these balls because that's whenever they get lit up by a defensive back and drop it. All right, and then the last one of my top eight, and for sure my biggest boomer bust player of the of the draft for running back is Zach Evans from Ole Miss, 5'11", 208 pounds. He can go anywhere from the second to the fifth round, which really highlights how, how boomer bust he is. Very natural at the position, slender, balanced runner, great explosiveness and vision. You're going to try to outrun the defense with this guy on the edge he loves to barrel down these second level and third level defenders. It is hilarious to watch him just truck them over. Uh, the good thing with him is that he has low mileage and he is all lightning. I mean, this guy averaged an insane seven average yard or average seven yards per run and 11 yards per catch as a running back over his whole career. In high school, he was neck and neck with Bijan as national running back prospects. His main problems, he can't stay healthy. His um, his suspension and medical history are absolutely littered all throughout his career. Um, he's not impressive between the tackles, and he's an unproven pass blocker. With him and Bijan, it's kind of like Bijan kept developing after he committed to UT, and Zach Evans just kind of stayed the same. But, I mean, this is still a guy that averaged seven yards carry in, in college. Could be nuts. 
I am missing a few guys from this list. I have a out uh, a box I got to check. Two hundred and five pounds at least. We're a BMI at thirty. <laughs> Ty J Spears from Tulane. You're going to hear a lot about this guy. Could go round two to four. He's off my list. He's he's kind of he's he could be good, but he's for sure just going to be a committee back that can't catch and can't pass block. And he's not going to be getting those two two yard line opportunities. So. You're telling me that's three different opportunities for you to be on the field and they're going to look at the other guy. No, thanks on Ty Jai Spears. Uh, Devon a chain is real fun. He's probably the fastest player, probably top three fastest player in the whole class, regardless of position, but he's five, eight, which I'll give him credit. That is a high BMI. I'm cool with it, but at running back, if you're five, eight, there's just nothing we could do about that, man. You're not going to be running up the middles. You maybe were able to do it run up the trench against future tax accountants and lawyers at AM. But in the pros, you're not going to last going up the middle. If he goes to the right team that can get him the ball in space, maybe like the chiefs or the dolphins, Devon, a chain could shoot up my board, but same with Ty J Spears. Whenever there's an opportunity on the field, he only gets on there for pass catching. I'm going to pass on that. And then the last one is everybody's kind of little favorite of the class, Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State, five foot five, <laughs> 180 pounds. He <laughs> like if we were to just pull up, if I were to pull up a YouTube video, this guy to super casual work, they would think that the video was like messed with. Like, this is a spoof. Like, why is this little tree trunk running around on the field? If he was literally four inches taller, we're talking right up there with Bijan. I mean, he's everything you could possibly want. But once again, we go back to him being five foot five. Man, even over there on the edge of the field, I don't think I want you. I don't even want you to be my Darren Sproles on offense. The main thing I th- see for Deuce Vaughn, he could be a star for sure, but it's going to be a punt returner. And that's not really why I'm drafting running backs. But I just wanted to give those guys some love. They definitely don't make my list and won't be on any of my fantasy teams. <laughs> and then just a few more sleepers, Evan Hull, Eric Gray, Israel, Bonnie Conda, and Chase Brown. I mean, this class is super loaded, guys. Don't let anybody tell y'all it isn't. I just cut out and knocked down like six dudes just from size alone, and I still have eight guys who can go before round four or five. So this class is insane. I can't wait to see where they get drafted. Bravo. What's wrong with uh, Dwayne McBride, who's visiting the Vikings this week? Dwayne McBride would be the perfect second round draft pick 10 years ago. He is your traditional power back. Um, If you want a good comparison for him, think Brian Robinson from the commanders. He's not going to go catch a lot of passes, but you could trust him to get you about four yards at pop. He also is not a very good pass protector. Didn't pass for protect very much at UAB. And then a lot of the things with, or the big thing with him is the level of competition at UAB. I mean, when I say you're, leveling tax accountants you're really leveling like (laughs) grocery store managers at uab like uh, the dwayne mcbride's a great value if you have a specific role in mind so a team that maybe already has a third down back or something like that it would be a great fit maybe say buffalo with james cook and then you got damian pierce with that one-year contract somewhere along there okay and one of my favorite fits that i i dream about it's not Bijan Robinson to the Eagles, like a lot of people say. Man, if Zach Charbonnet goes to the Eagles, I'm gonna lose it, man. <laughs> I'm gonna lose it. What I don't about care who's over there? What is the problem? Just injury or otherwise with Muhammad Abrim the Gophers? For him, he is kind of like a one-trick pony. The the best thing for him is probably his pass blocking and his wisdom. And if you're asking me about a running back, and I tell you those are my two favorite things about him. That's not great. You t- you toss in the injury history and the fact that he's not a burner or a great receiver. And I mean, he has a great BMI. He's like five foot eight, 210 pounds. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think kind of like CJ Anderson, um, okay. someone who could come in and possibly be relevant for a little bit. But if the situation's not right, you're probably maybe never going to hear from him again. I think he's a special teamer. Okay. Um, worth noting, I was going to tell you this earlier, Jason, with all the Bijan stuff, I, I was looking, doing research on comps for other players, and I came across that the closest stylistic comparison to Bijan is Edron James. 
At least that's what that's what some of the yeah. draft scouts say. Yep, that's yeah. not a bad He's guy to be compared to. No, not man. at all. And then uh, one final note on this topic: you were talking about speed from some of these guys. If your favorite football team out there, no matter who that may be, drafts cornerback C.J. Turner from Michigan, he is allegedly the fastest man in this draft. I think he ran a four-two-six forty at mm. the combine, mm-hmm. and we all know that speed doesn't necessarily translate at all to stardom but it's fun the vikings currently have the the fastest guy in the league on paper in kalan barnes but the guy doesn't play uh yeah. so what can you do can't you find something for that guy to do <laughs> yeah well, I think mean, that's why he's on the roster is yeah. because of that speed and i think that entices uh the vikings from Get him back there to return some kicks or punts <laughs> or something yeah just give him the ball figure it out <laughs> yeah uh wes i'm gonna ask you this so i think yeah. you, was it last week you presented us with your theory that seems like it's becoming more common over the last seven days that just because we want wide receivers to be good, like the 2020 draft class doesn't mean they're all going to fly off the board automatically in the first round. Not every draft class is going to have four or five pro bowlers in round one. And indeed, if Jackson Smith and Jeba is the, the one or, you know, Jordan Addison flies off in round one, that would mean that we're staring at a bunch of second rounders in Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt might be second or third round. And I, th- I think that all of them, I forget one. I think that was, I think that was them. What is it? Does this make like, you know, because we're coming the last three fantasy drafts we've all had, we've got used to trying to pick which wide receiver is going to be good. Is this going to be easy in deciding that it's Jackson Smith and Jeepa, or does it make it even more mysterious on who you're going to draft as a rookie wide out? Um, yeah, it'll be JSN as, as the number one wideout, and then after that, it it gets a little muddled. Um, maybe Zay Flowers, um, maybe Addison. Uh, a, a lot of these other guys, it's gonna um, rely on situation, where they go, um, who they are lining up against uh, or competing against in that wide receiver room uh also who their quarterback is could play a part um with rookie wide receivers in the fantasy landscape uh, they often don't break out until the second half of the season um yeah. so if you are Duke jefferson three games <laughs> yeah if you are <laughs> drafting a rookie wide receiver you need to know that you have to be patient with them because it could take half the season before they start to see the work um, and are getting the the production that you need. Uh, and if you look historically back over the last few years, that's typically been the case. Um, but as I mentioned, where they land will really matter a lot for a, a few of these guys. Uh, there's some wide receivers projected in the third or fourth round that um I really like uh Marvis was it Marvis Mims uh, Mar- Marvin Mims Jr. Marvin from Mims Oklahoma and uh Is that Jay- Denzel Mims brother no <laughs> and uh had to ask this is Jaden I mean, yeah. Reed out of uh Michigan State those are two that uh I'm looking at um taking a flyer on if I can get them a little later in the draft in a dynasty draft or a standard redraft uh mainly in a dynasty draft um uh, in a redraft i i don't know if there's one that i would target out out of jsn at at this current point yeah Uh, for me redraft would have to be slot receivers first yeah most opportunities what about uh, i don't know if you have um done the research but how many rookie tight ends will get drafted in a redraft league? I know we, we know they won't be very high, but maybe two. Okay. Maybe so Meyer, three, and Kincaid, Meyer and Kincaid? Maybe, yeah. Rookie tight ends, I know Cody's covered this on the show before. They they typically start slow. Mm-hmm. Um they they don't really jump onto the scene um if at all in their first year. Um so I, I just I don't know if they would be in a position to to do so uh, to warrant being drafted. I guess okay. I can see 
the rookie tight ends being drafted as like a, a second or third okay. backup at the spot, which <clears throat> if you're if you're drafting tight end backups yeah. and it's redraft, <laughs> you, you likely don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I think Michael Meyer might be the for sure one because you could plug and play him. It doesn't matter if your tight end's primary position is the block or the catch. Michael Mayer fits all 32 teams. Mm-hmm. Probably your best bet. Hey, Cody, of the the list that you had, how many of those running backs will be drafted in a 10-team redraft in early September? All of them. Every single one of them? Uh, Without my honorable size, um, the low size guys, without those guys, (laughs) yeah, for sure. All, All eight, even going down to Zach Evans, who showed very limited opportunity. Uh, I think with him, it could possibly be like that um, Zamir White for the Raiders to where a lot of people kind of pick him up in August. And then by week four, you're like, okay, he's yeah. he's not the guy. But oh, yeah, uh, for sure. And I'm – you got to go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was going to ask you, uh, what are your thoughts on Ty Chandler? <laughs> uh, I, to be honest, this is my first year to – really dive into these rookies like this so i actually don't know him as a prospect i do know that you showed no, interest in vikings one of our leagues. yeah <laughs> vikings yeah, yeah for sure yeah. like i i didn't get to watch him in any vikings oh, games, I and i didn't watch him in college at all i just know he's fast and he does if i'm if i recall correctly he hits 205 i think mm-hmm. Yeah, are are you revealing that you didn't watch the preseason games? Shame on you. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of super fan are you? (laughs) I'm a super fan of... uh, You look like a baller in the preseason. (laughs) Yeah, we were ready to move on for Dalvin last August. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I can't wait to talk about receivers next year. I was all over here trying to be quiet. I did want (laughs) to say something, though, about how I think the receivers are going to be drafted. I do think that you're going to have more, you're going to have a less, a lot of less sexy positions in the first round this year. I think that you could have nine or 10 offensive linemen, at least seven offensive tackles in the first round, including, I think from seven to 13, you could see probably five offensive tackles, which in years past, we see a lot of receivers go around that area. Mm -hmm. And I think you toss Jason in there. And depending on how many edge rushers and corners go, because you know, there's 31 picks this year, probably 10 offensive linemen, four quarterbacks. You toss two receivers in there. That's already half the half mm-hmm. of it. And you're not a Bijan. Yeah, a mm-hmm. Bijan, six more corners should at least go in the first, a safety. So yeah, we could be looking at just because this class is so um there's so much cream at the top. This you could be two days into this class getting impact receivers. Zay Flowers projected as a top 20 pick by a lot of people could end up going in the first 10 picks of the second round. And and that's also impacts the running backs this year. You hear in the years past, like I know even last year, you hear, oh, running back goes past, goes in round four. He's dead to me. That Because you, you look at even Damian Pierce, you got some people – uh, mocking Bijan Robinson to the Texans, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, uh, if you spend a fourth round draft capital on a running back, it's not enough to keep a team committed the following year or the following year after that. So, like, I got a lot of these guys on my list. Like, I see round threes, and I'm like, oh man, if <laughs> Kendra Miller goes in round four, I'm off of them. But then you also got to think, especially with the COVID year, this. Is it's gonna be kind of weird because everybody got that extra year of of eligibility. So like you got Kendra Miller for for me this year. If a running back goes in the fourth, I'm gonna pretend he went in the third. Everybody kind of gets a, <laughs> a handicap, and that's how great this class is. Not only just that running back, but also all the other positions. Like I mentioned, corner, offensive lineman. I mean you're really going to get some quality guys here, which is another reason why I think Kwesi's for sure going to trade down. I think we even heard him talk last year about how he knew he could get quality round two guys in the third and and Mm -hmm. whatnot. It's going to be like that again this year, but more. You're going to be able to get first round guys in the second, maybe even late second. You're going to be able to get second round guys in the fourth. You're going to be able to get just because – 
uh, Chandler was drafted Lost in the him? fifth last year, we're like, oh, he has no chance. Well, if Sean Tucker gets drafted in the fifth to the Dolphins, I'm projecting him to be the starter there coming out of training camp because this year, a fifth at running back is pretty much like you're spending a third at running back. So, I mean, this class, everybody hates on it. It's really just because of the talent at the top. Is is It's at all the unsexy positions. Like, you could name four different defensive ends that could go in the top ten, which, once again, we're talking could be four quarterbacks, could be three offensive tackles. Everybody's going to get squeezed out everywhere, and when we're looking at the, the most screwed-over position in football at running back <laughs> – these guys are going to get screwed all across the draft board, but don't think, hey, just because Roshan Johnson was a fourth-round draft pick to Minnesota, don't think Alexander Madison's going to beat him out for that job. Even though Ty Chandler was a fifth-round draft pick, you would never think Ty Chandler would beat out Alexander Madison, but Roshan Johnson as a fourth-round or even a fifth-rounder, he's for sure beating out Alexander Madison, which then proves back to our previous topics on past shows what is the future of the running back landscape looking like? Are you going to have these fifth rounders coming in and taking the jobs of established veterans? I mean, the <laughs> the NFL Players Association got to get in here and save these dudes. They're chewing them out like used gum or spitting yeah, out they, like used I gum. agree. Somebody needs to put a stop to it. These guys <laughs> need to be treated on their rookie deal. They need mm-hmm. to, yeah, they need to be it, getting paid on yeah, their they, rookie deal. They need like a, like some, some type of, bonus like a, a separate cap room maybe yes. they don't count against the 53 man or maybe some some weird thing but something got to happen because it's and, getting out of control and, and with them it should not matter what round it is mm-hmm. you get drafted in, a, in the in the fifth round and you're running back you're still getting paid 50 million <laughs> oh shoot <laughs> there goes running backs completely <laughs> yeah, yeah they'll be all undrafted yeah, with the, with the potential, right? I mean, you know, something like that. But they need to be taken care of better. Otherwise, nobody's even going to. I mean, the position is going away. Mm-hmm. I have a theory that you we call or I call this wide receiver class a Mickey Mouse class of receivers because they're all little. I think <laughs> that you go back about 15 years ago to where everybody's saying, hey, this running back position starting to decline. It's not looking good if you want to grow up to be a running back and you start hearing People say, hey, you got a kid, tell them don't play running back. Now you're seeing all these kids who would have been running back and would have been doing weight training to get their weight up and things like that. Instead, they're doing receiver training because they moved to receiver because they always should have been a running back. That's why they're five foot nine and 180 pounds. They would have done some weight training that could have at least got up to 200, but you, they're not built like receivers because they're all should have been running back. And, and, <laughs> they don't want to get paid like a running back. Growing up as a kid, too, at least back when we grew up, you know, Dustin, you and I, for sure, running backs were the coolest. Oh, yeah. Freaking position. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to be that, you know, but we had, you know, Emmett Smith, and Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders and Ricky Waters and those guys that, you know, were the were the real deal of the league. But now, you know. And I still, Sad think, days. I still think that mentality Terrell Davis exists and is just petering out now. <clears throat> and that's why we still have good ones, but who knows what it'll look like in 10, 15 years. Once the word has been spread to your kid, like, well, God, if you want them to not get their asses beat in the career done by 27, 28, they might as well play wide receiver. Cause that's where the money at any good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would think as a running that. back, <clears throat> as a running back, as a human being, Oh, I'd be mad as shit. If I'm a running back trying to carry my team and yeah, you know, doing eventually. doing my work and then looking over at that that cocky mm-hmm. wide receiver on my team that's getting <laughs> that maybe goes a couple games without even getting a catch and you're like that guy's getting 17 million a year. Yeah, maybe we'll see him make a comeback when nobody wants to play running back anymore. Yeah, that that might be what it takes. God, let's hope not. Yeah, <laughs> let's just reward these guys. All right, final topic, <clears throat> Jason, real quick. We're up against it here on the clock. The I guess the Broncos <clears throat> didn't necessarily terminate John Elway or show him the door, but it kind of one week ago, eight days ago, unceremoniously it was released that he's just not part of the Broncos anymore. And is that <clears throat> does that have staying power? He's just is he gonna be a consultant or anything for the Broncos or he's just separated? Well, see, that's kind of what he was the last two years, mm-hmm. ever since George Payton came. And you know, there's a lot of people you know, that aren't in Broncos country that, that really have no idea. There's half the population that think Elway 
has been in charge up until last week. Then there's the other half of the population that, you know, knows that Elway hasn't had anything to do with the team Mm -hmm. in two, in two years, with the exception of just being that consultant. No, I think it was a mutual parting of ways. I know him and uh, the ownership group, uh, Greg Penner, they did have a meeting and uh, it was decided that, you know, he was going to, he was going to go in another direction. And I mean, but he's all, you know, like he's always going to be there. Right. And Mm -hmm. I mean, after that, like magic, yeah, I mean, he's done, you know, it just gives everybody a good time to 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 reflect on exactly what, because I mean, let's face it, the last seven years have been so dark for the organization, and a lot of that does fall on, on Elway, um, you know, and uh, the decisions that he's made and the decisions that even he was prevented from making by Joe Ellis, and, and that doesn't get talked about a whole lot either, but that's the main reason that they didn't bring in Kyle Shanahan is because of Ellis's beef with, you know, but it, yeah, I think, I think it's going to take a few years to get some of that bad taste out of people's mouths, but you got to understand and really take time to appreciate what that man did for the organization. I wouldn't be a fan if it wasn't for him. Uh, we wouldn't have any Super Bowls if it wasn't for him. Not only did he get to five and win two as a player, but then he gets to one, gets to two and wins one as a GM. Pretty impressive. So I wonder if he'll like <clears throat> be there and still sit in his same, like in a box, or if he's just like, yeah. I wonder how, how, how clear the separation is. Yeah. I would like to think that that would be, I mean, I, I could see him being a part being at every game. I mean, how could he not? I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, I just don't know how he could just turn it off. Um, you know, I definitely think a statue needs to be built out there immediately for him. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I can't see him not being there, but, God, it just it would be weird, but yeah, nobody knows how yeah. that'll look. This sounds exactly like Magic Johnson, where he's always going to be part of the culture, but he's not explicitly. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. Yeah. All right, group. That that's the time. Um, next week we will be eight days away from the draft, so maybe we can spitball how how a mock would work on here. If we need to get one more person. Uh, so be it. We'll do that off air. Otherwise, we'll talk to you gentlemen in one week. Good night, guys. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.